I'm coming, no, it is cause I didn't pray for it. I'm in a suit, day and night, yeah, I done slave for it. I never knew that if I rap, I could get paid for it. State to state, different cities with the gang touring. He ain't a beast, if he played, I had the gang storm him. It's on the love of you, my brother, we got the same story. Yeah, what you know about a kick, though? You wasn't with me, I was right. Beautiful people, what's happening? Once again, it's your boy Smith. We here at Public Comment. You know how I get down. Um, public comment is my podcast. I created, oh my goodness, about three years now, I'm thinking two years, three, two and a half years. And it was, uh, just out of the organic nature to deliver some information. I was attending, um, some sort of community, uh, event, uh, in a local town, not my town. Um, and a lot of the great resources and programs that was being discussed, uh, come to find out if maybe a small amount of people knew how to access those programs, those resources, those individuals, those departments, or what have you. And I left there like, okay, how do we get information out? And just trying to be creative uh, and an old man at that, you know, I was like, oh, what is this podcast thing, you know? And uh, I looked into it and I was like, wow, what a great, what a great avenue. Um, just to kind of share information, you know, whether it's motivational, inspirational, educational. Um, but, you know, there was, I wanted to have a, a vehicle um, to, to, to get the information out. And so if, you, if you've been following along, you know, I've done some educational, some folks come on, some, some um, I've had, oh my goodness, a couple of uh, local elected officials come on. Um, and then we just did a recap of the LCAP uh, part of the education. So again, that was the purpose of where we're at today. And then to get to this particular uh, summer series, Black Women 2023, I was just like, how do we sensationalize our Black women that are here now? Um, you know, I got fed up, you know, we got another Black woman first, another Black, and I'm like, why are we doing, what is what is going on here that we're still having first? So um, I, I just took it and was like, okay, let's talk about the wonderful Black women that are in my space, that are in existence, and not only are in my space, but, you know, at the same time are occupying other space and there are other people's space. So it's like, there's just multiple waves of areas that they're transcending and that they're in in multiple times and, and, and spaces. And I was like, here we go. And, and here we are. And I think now uh, our, our next guest is going to serve as our, our fifth guest and um, my, my wonderful guest today. Again, it's crazy how like all of these women have come into my life so far, the, the first couple anyway, uh, you know, outside of my sister and my little cousin. It was just like the organic nature and the power of the Internet um, has made this world so very small. Um, and, and, and my next guest, who I'm, I'm just I'm pleased to have on. She made time. She's her last month has been quite uh, fulfilling and a little bit uh, sorrowful, but she made it here today, uh, Dr. Jules uh, Lytle. Now, did you want Juliana? Are we okay with Dr. Jules or? Dr. Jules is great. So Juliana Lytle is the name that I have on all those documents. However, right. people that know and love me call me Dr. Jules. <laughs> Dr. Jules, then it is people. It's Dr. Jules is joining us today. How are you doing, ma'am? I am doing well, sir. How about yourself? I am outstanding. It is a pleasure to see you. And again, I just want to extend like the gratitude for, for making some time for us today. I know uh, you've been on the go lately. Um, so uh, welcome <laughs> home. Thank um, you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm happy to be home, even though I was in your neck of the woods for, for quite a bit of time. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I'm so happy to be able to be here, even in my neck of the woods. Absolutely. You know, uh, how small the world has become because of the internet. And I'm happy to be able to reach out and be like, Smith's my brother. <laughs> absolutely. 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 I, you know, it's just, ah, I'm, I can't tell you how, how wonderful it is to have you here. And you, you look happy. You look fresh. You look beautiful. Um, so we're going to get on with this. And let me, uh, let's give a quick bio right quick. Uh, before we get to the bio, ladies and gentlemen, you know how to find me. Public comment is on all your, your podcasts platform spotify google all of that good stuff um i'm on facebook i'm on twitter i'm on uh instagram um you know if you like it share it leave some comments or what have you and thank you for tuning in and make sure you share um so the bio really quick because i got so many wonderful things we got to talk about uh dr uh, juliana lido phd i'm gonna read the letters because i don't know what they mean um lmhc 
Uh, the next one is NCC. Uh, Dr. Jules is a national board certified counselor, uh, NCC, and a licensed mental health counselor, LMHC. The, there we go. There's the letters being explained to me. Uh, for the state of Florida, having earned her bachelor's of science in psychology and a certificate in women's study from the University of Central Florida, a master's of science in mental health counseling and a PhD in counselor education and supervision from Walden University. She is a dedicated counselor and counselor educator. Dr. Jules is a proud Afro Latina wife and mother of three who resides in Northeast Florida. She provides therapy to adults, clients via telehealth and teaches as a contributing faculty member at Walden University. She is the immediate past president of the Florida Association for Spiritual, Ethical, and Religious Values and Counseling, uh, F-A-S-E-R-V-I-C. Looks like it's Florida Service. Uh, a member of the Research and Scholarship Committee for the Association for Counseling, Sexo Sexology, and Sexual Wellness, and a board member for the Steps Foundation, Inc. In every role she fills, she seeks to serve her community by educating and advocating for equitable treatment and care for all. Whew, I'm gonna get my breath now. That was a, that was a lot. <laughs> that, you know what? I'm, I'm 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 so excited that that bio or bios like that for 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 women like you. Um, you know, we need that. We need long bios that take a while to read so people can really, truly understand the work that you have put in, that you sacrifice your time to get to these levels. You know, these, these aren't easy. Getting a master's is not easy, people. So, uh, so we want to salute you and give you our flowers now, Dr. Drews. I appreciate your work so much and, and what you bring to the table. Um, anything else you want to throw in there? You know... What's funny is I'm like, I don't even want to, I don't want to start to try and list the other things because I know I'm going to forget something and somebody will be like, how she just leave? So we'll stick with what's there. Yeah, well, it, it is, <laughs> there it is. are other things that I'm working on and getting into, you know, publications, presentations, things like that, that I'm trying to really do more mm. of because mm. your point, I don't think that we see many of us in, in a lot of spaces and I'm trying to make sure that I I don't fall into the trap of, oh, I'm licensed now, I'm just gonna do this, or oh, I'm this now, so I'm just gonna do that. I wanna still do all the things, and maybe it's lofty goals and ambitions, but <laughs> for now, absolutely, I'm, I'll leave space to add more. There we go, I, I, I like it, I like it. Um, it's phenomenal as we are, and I don't uh, uh, expect anything less more uh, successful to be added to this to this resume. Um, I know before we got on the show, we began the show, we was talking about uh, your grandmother um, and your grandfather. Um, I could hear, I could hear the the love in your heart when you was talking about them. Um, is it okay if we kind of start there and and, and talk sure. about grandmother and grandfather? Absolutely. And so their role in your life. My paternal grandparents. Um, so my dad's mom and father um, are 92 years old. Um, one is and one was. Mm. And so they played a huge part in my life. I spent my summers in California. I'm a Florida girl for all intents and purposes, but I spent every summer up until I graduated high school and went off and became an adult. Every summer I was wow. in California. Wow. So. I feel I'm pretty I'm pretty well versed on both coasts in okay, a lot of ways. Okay. okay. I spent that time at my grandmother's house, you know, and spending time with my I'm her namesake. Her name was Julia. I'm Juliana because of that. Mm -hmm. um, and she was just a wonderful, wonderful woman. She was a military wife, never worked outside of her home, but she worked every day of her life, you know? Wow. Um, wow. They might, you know, they traveled, they, and she traveled with my grandfather. Like they, my, I think my aunt and my dad were in school in Germany at one point and, you know, just different <laughs> places. They had four kids. Um, they knew each other almost their whole lives. They grew up around the corner from one another, basically born and raised in Baton, Louis, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Let me get it right. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, um, just a large family unit. She was one of nine. She was number <sighs> six of nine children. Mm -hmm. And 
she was very close with all of her siblings, but she was the last of them. So she made it longer than everyone else. And just with the longevity on that side, her dad was 103 when he passed. Wow. We had a centennial celebration of him in their town, you know? So it wasn't um, unexpected for her to be here long, but Mm -hmm. it's such an honor to have that. For people who are biblical, you know, anything past like 75 years is crazy. (laughs) And so... (laughs) Right. You know, it's like, wow, like you, right. you that thing. And so she was always just a prayer warrior, mm-hmm. a woman who like she would literally stop whatever she was doing to pray for somebody. Right. And she would go to the beauty salon. It was just her habits were so fantastical. It seems like a story. You know, she would literally spend an entire day at the beauty salon. Now, I know for, for, for us uh, black women, ethnic mm-hmm. women. Spending a day at the salon is not unheard of, but (laughs) usually, you know, it's like five, six hours. She would spend the entire day. And it was like, we used to have to be like, can we, can I have my grandmother? (laughs) Right, right, right. right. (laughs) She went to the beauty salon. They kept her because they loved her. They called her Mother Forest. She prayed Mm. over every woman in there. Mm. It was just, she would basically be holding Bible study at the beauty salon. I, I was about to say, yes. Who she was. And it was so typical of her to just give and care for others. And she became a mom, a mother to everyone around her. So it wasn't unheard of for them to be like, mom Forrest or mom, you know, mm-hmm. whatever she was around and just her neighborhood, the love and affection of people that showed up for her for her service, for the family, just coming by to bring food or bring, it was just, it felt so old school. Yes. I loved it. I'm not going to lie. I lived, I've lived in Florida most of my life. I even know a lot of my neighbors. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they would show up en masse like that. Understood. Understood. And it just speaks to the character of who she is and who she was. And then my grandfather, just, <laughs> if you could imagine just one of the most calm presences mm. in the world, like just warm and calm and love. And that's what I remember. My, some of my favorite memories, he, he retired from the military service. He worked for the post office, retired from the post office, mm-hmm. got tired of being retired and went and drove trucks until he was in his eighties. Wow. <laughs> wow. So he's now really settling into retired, retired, and he's a little bored with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> been a man of action for so long as a matter of fact i was down there you know i'm talking about a 92 year old man who literally was like oh i'll run you up the street he he drove me to walmart or wherever we were going the other day like i got you let's go you know love it love it and he's doing it so love it i'm glad to have been able to spend this time with them and i was there for a month you know loving Mm -hmm. on and spending time with everyone there on that side and they just their love is what I hope to one day have to to have been married at age twenty, and to still be married today. Yes, Do, you know, you know, Smith, yeah. you know that's yeah. not <laughs> the norm. Yeah, yeah. We, we, you know, uh, for for folks that don't know, uh, Dr. Jules and I uh, co-host another show with a with a wonderful lady who was also a guest on here, uh, Sister Abigail. Man, we've had multiple conversations, many conversations just around family structure and dynamics. Yeah. Um, and you know, I just want to extend this, like I can hear it in your voice. Right. And, and I don't think it's a matter of you hoping if you have that love, I can already know and tell you that I acknowledge it is existing in you. Um, and I'm sure you're going to pass that down, uh, to your children, to your husband and, and whatnot going forward. Um, I would just like to highlight things I pick up on. Um, your, your, your grandparent, uh, I believe your grandmother came from Baton Rouge. Um, folks understand, uh, the, and, and, and do your research and I don't want to, but I want to do your research about the black migration of the South. Um, and, and if you look at the geographical layout of the South, you'll see a lot of Californians, black Californians came from. Louisiana, Arkansas, Texas. Um, so the lineage there, the the uh, the paths were there. But read on that. Uh, there's a great book, The Wrath of Sons. Check it out. It's a wonderful book. Um, now to get back to the doctor, um, you know, I, we, me, and you share a commonality. I did not know 
you was going you was leaving florida to come here for the summer i was leaving california to go to rhode island for the summer and i did that from probably age of eight up until about 16 17 or something like that so you're a bi-coastal baby too i am i am <laughs> look at us right right we came on matching i mean it's just right serendipity all, all of it was supposed to happen um so talk because i know my childhood kind of got interrupted no, i don't want to say interrupted my my childhood changed when I would leave and go stay with my father for the summer. So talk about you growing up and, and you know, those those lessons, those experiences, some of those things that might have molded you, you know, trying to. OK, I'm one, I'm, I'm a child, but then two, I'm black and then I'm changing coast. I mean, just paint that picture for us. So I'm not only black, I'm black and Hispanic. And Say so that. it's. It's a very interesting balance because if you see me, I have chocolate brown skin, like yes. dark, beautifully melanated skin and tight curly hair. Like, you know, I, but my mom, who is my Hispanic parent, is who I spent the majority of my year with. And so I do not speak fluently. I don't speak Spanish fluently, I'll say but I understand a lot. And so <laughs> well, most people can speak in Spanish and I know what's happening. I know what right. and I can respond in English. And so there were times when I would be in spaces where I didn't necessarily feel like I fit all the way, mm. but I, it, it was so funny because my mom was so purposeful about the way she raised us. She raised us to be confident wherever we were and to just go in with the, the love and like just being your full self, like who you are, you know, like it or leave it, you know, type of right. mentality. And I love that, but I was always very, very shy. I know you can't imagine it right this moment, but I was exceedingly shy when I was little. <laughs> and so I spent the most, the majority of my year with my mom and my big sister. And then later it would be my brother and my little sister. And that was, my primary family. Summertime comes, I fly to California. I am basically an only child. Right, right. At loose ends and spending the majority of my time with adults. <laughs> and while I absolutely loved that, it took a few years before I had a little sister on that side and I didn't get to see her as much either <laughs> because, you know, different moms, different situations. She's with her siblings and so forth. So I spent a lot of time just hanging out with adults older adults. I've always been a little old lady is what, <laughs> what, what all the adults would say about me um, because I had the best time. Like kind of as we mentioned before the show started, I love just sitting and talking with older individuals. And maybe it's from my childhood of spending time with older adults like that, but that's my favorite thing to do. Sit and hear stories about their youth, sit and hear stories about what life is like, where they grew up or where they're from. And just, so I've always been a sponge for that. And it made me not only just enjoy the the art of storytelling and how powerful that historical like adventure can be for someone i also love just the honor and respect that i feel is inherent in being around a person who is older than me and who can impart some knowledge that i don't yet have mm -hmm. and so I am a lifelong learner. We talked about all those degrees and things like that. But even if I didn't right. have those, my nose is in a book. <laughs> right, 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 right. My nose is in a book happily, you know? And so I love live storytelling. I feel like that's really what it is. And so, you know, I mentioned I could talk all day because I love to hear people's stories. It's part mm -hmm. of what feeds the professional in me as a clinician. I want to hear people's stories. I want to help them unravel the parts of those stories that don't make sense and cause them hurt, harm, and, you know, whatever. But that's it. But it happened so organically. I didn't right. ever set out to go, you know what I want to be. It just, it happened and it, it fit me so well. So. And, and that, and that, and that is, um, that's crazy because that's my next question where that was going to lead us to that. Like, you know what, how did you figure out, oh, this is what I want to do. You know, what was that concept like? Well, I think you answered it because of your conversations, right? But then talk about maybe now, how do I get there? What, what is this college? What does this journey look like to get to right. me wanting to be able to talk to people? So I can give a little bit more to that too. So I was about 10 when I realized what I wanted to do. 
and nobody, there wasn't an, I didn't have an actual name for it just yet. I just knew I wanted to help people. And I got to be a, a peer, peer advisor in, in, in my elementary school. It was basically if you had, if two students got into a fight, they would have me and another peer advisor go in with the two students that got into a fight to see if we come to some sort of semblance of peace and recollection before they got like expelled or something like that. And it felt, and I, w I just mentioned, I was really shy. So I didn't talk to people like that. I didn't really, I had such a large extended family and family. I didn't feel the need to like seek out friends. And I was cool. Cause I was like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm shy. It's cool. I don't need to talk to anybody. If they talk to me, that's fine, but I'm not going up to anyone, you know? And so it just so happened that I got tapped for this and it was because my own citizenship, you know, was, was stellar or whatever. But I just remember being like, they don't know. I don't like to talk to people. Like they don't understand. Right, right. <laughs> this is uncomfortable for me, but, but I ended up enjoying talking to these kids and getting them to like, figure out what the real issue is. Like most of the time it was a rumor or something that wasn't true or miscommunication. Right. <clears throat> now that moves on to, me really kind of like wanting to understand how people think and how people um, come to these ways of being and behaviors, right? I'm, I'm very logically focused in a lot of ways. And so I'm like, well, behaviors come from somewhere, right? Like we have to, so it, it for me made sense to then get into psychology. But as I was in psychology in undergrad, so I went to University of Central Florida for a bachelor's degree in psychology because I thought that was going to lead me to where I wanted. And I realized, well, not really. They look more at um, psychology and counseling are very closely related. They're mm -hmm. like cousins. Mm -hmm. but there's a little more to the focus on medical issues in, in psychology than in counseling where we're teaching you how to manage your own behaviors, your own reactions to things um, and to basically be able to shift the, like, it's not things happening to you. It's you reacting and how you decide to, you know, move forward. Right. So shifting from an, the world is happening to me to what can I, what can I put out into the world kind of uh, direction. And so I was like, okay, counseling is a great foundation, but that's not what I want to do. I want to help people figure out how to help themselves. Mm -hmm. That's where counseling came in. And so to be a licensed clinician in any state, you need to have a master's in counseling of some sort. And so there's also some social work overlap there too, but we're distinguishing ourselves as a completely separate profession in, in some ways. And so being able to really specialize in that was something that I, I prayed about a lot and, mm -hmm. and figured out it's going to take some work that happened to be the time of my life when I was having babies, um, <laughs> starting to have babies at least and recognizing, you know, cost being what it is and things like that. But this was a goal. And I had a partner who was like, if that's your goal, I'm here for it. Let's do yeah. this. Like, we'll figure it out. And we did <laughs> fast forward to me being in my master's program, really enjoying the information I was learning and figuring out, okay, how do I want to, what do I want to do with this information? Once I take it, what do I want to do? I don't necessarily just want to go into community mental health. I've helped in, in a lot of ways in that regard. I love practitioners who can stay community mental health all the time, but it is an extremely difficult path, I, I will say. And, and not that I was looking for an easy path. I don't feel right. like I profession to, to, to want something easy, mm -hmm. but, but I recognized how quickly community mental health workers are burning out. Mm. It's because the caseloads are huge. The reward is very small in some instances, and there's just not as much support as there should be. Mm. And until that system is corrected, to me, it felt like I'd be doing a disservice to put myself in that knowing that I'm not going to get the support I need. I'm not going to be, because I'm going to fizzle. I'm going to burn mm -hmm. out so quickly, I won't be able to help as many people. Mm -hmm. And so, and obviously being a mom and a wife and a family member, I didn't want to leave, you know, the, the broken remnants for my family to have. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And so I said, well, how can I still help and and not necessarily like kill myself <laughs> doing it, to be mm-hmm. honest. And okay. so looking at private practice was the most logical path for me in that regard. But then, as I mentioned, I'm in my master's and I'm getting my professors saying things like, you know, you really spark really good conversations in your peers. You know, you really took that discussion post to the next level. And this is an online program. So you don't get a whole lot of face-to-face time. Um, But, you know, I'm up at the midnight hours, baby in an arm, typing one-handed, trying to get this thing done. And I'm still getting praised about the type of work and the type of um, information and and conjecture I'm getting to go in, in, in the course room. And so one of my teachers one day said, have you considered teaching? And I really had not. I, <laughs> I've I've always been like teaching. No, no, that's a thankless job. Like yeah. people, people, you know, give teachers their butts to kiss on a mm. regular, even though they get us to every position we need to be in. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. And so I was like teaching. Oh, no. Why would I? Mm, I don't know about that. And <laughs> but then it kind of settled in. It was like a ear, like an earworm, isn't it? Mm-hmm. When, when you hear a song and it's stuck, like it was, I was just like, huh, maybe that is something that I might um, need to do or maybe maybe consider. And I remember starting to kind of feel it settle in and I started praying about it and talking to my husband about it and praying a little bit more about it and still talking to my husband about it. He's like, well, baby, that's what you want to do because, you know, I was closing out on my master's and I was like, well, you know, I'm going to look for a position, but I think I want to apply for the PhD program. And he's like, well, we've, we've made it this far without you have, you know, I'm, I'm barely working if that, you know, just enough to get some hours in. Honestly, in some cases I was probably uh, costing us more right, <laughs> to right, work, right, to right. work than, than I was earning. Um, but it was so that I could also be getting the hours that I needed, also be getting other things done. And so when I made the decision to start the PhD program, I was two months, I was I was eight months pregnant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I started my PhD program two months before I wow. gave birth to our third child. Wow. <laughs> I had um uh in in my my newborn, a toddler. And then my oldest was just starting school. Wow. Full plate. <laughs> full, full plate. Full plate. Little, little, little extra overload. Yeah. Um, More of a smorgasbord. <laughs> um, but I had and still have an outstanding partner and family and support network, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to pretend that I got here on my own. Right. <laughs> it was right. definitely the grace of God and a lot of folks and moving parts trying to make sure that I could get things done. Absolutely. There were challenges in that too, because doing school online with a family like my family, it was very difficult for them to really understand boundaries at times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to know, Yeah, I'm technically home, but I have work to do. It, right. It just, right. It trying to navigate that was its own thing. But ultimately, I recognized that I love counseling so much, I wanted to make sure that counselors coming behind me, first of all, saw faculty that looked like them. Mm, Absolutely. Or or didn't, as it were. And then then also had the opportunity to talk to someone, speak to someone, experience someone who was literally in the seats they're in. Mm -hmm. I wanted, you know, I teach at the school I graduated for. One of the te- one of the places I teach, I actually teach for another couple of other schools as well. But um, it was a point of pride for me to be able to say, you know, I I literally have been where you are. I know that it can be done, and it can be done well, you yes. know. And so that was kind of the motivating force, the driving push that kind of really got me to where I am right now. And we're, you know. Three years out since the, I'm still a baby doctor. Right, you know? right, right. Still doctor nonetheless. The, doctor nonetheless, but doctor still new on the scene. So I'm still um, finding my footing in the fullness of all the things that I can do and want to do. But I wouldn't I wouldn't take it back. I wouldn't trade a thing because I feel like I'm exactly where I'm meant to be. Absolutely. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And doing a phenomenal job, may I add. Um, be, be, I, I, there are so many things to unpack there. Uh, but I don't want to derail us. 
Um, really roundabout long way to answer your question. No, no, no. I, I mean, that's what, again, Dr. Like, I really want young women to hear those stories. And those stories can't be said in a minute and they can't be said in three words. You know, life happens and it needs to be explained. And, you know, young black women coming up now need to know what the struggle consists of. Yeah. I shouldn't say the struggle, the journey consists of, you know, it, 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 a lot of things don't happen overnight. I mean, struggle's not a not an untrue word there. Oh. I mean, I feel like there's no journey without some struggle. Yes, absolutely. Even if it's just preparing for the journey, there's going to be some challenges in yes. there. Yes, absolutely. And and that's why I'm saying there's no there's no limitation on you know you answering um, because there might be one thing in there that you said that this young lady was like, oh, I got you now. I understand. <laughs> you know, so I think it's all valuable. Um, but but um, the the part that I heard, uh, well, I heard it all, but the part that stood out was the representation matters, yeah. right? Um, you know, I, as you know, I, you know, I work in the uh, the school district, and seeing the, you know, what just oh gets under my skin all the time is when I see this old white guy going in to talk to this fifteen year old black kid, and he comes out with this long list of highlights, like this is the problem. This I'm like, really, bro? Come on, man, you know? So. Thank you for being uh, a mirror. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I definitely see the need for it. So thank you very much for that. Um, doing, doing all of that through your journey, you, you touched on being a mom. Um, you know, again, the reason why I'm doing this show is just to understand so black women can talk about being a mom. Um, I know it's different. I, I, I've never lived it, but you know, my mom and then my wife and then my sister, you know, I just talk about being a mom. It's one of black those black and Af uh, black and Latino mom. I mean, I, to me, yeah. they're, they're not too much uh, difference. Not too much different. I'm sure there's a lot of overlap. To be, yes, absolutely. To be absolutely. Sure. Um, and so I don't think I specified I'm I'm African-American, but I'm Panamanian. So my uh, people are from Panama, Central America. A little link between the two um, larger bodies of, of larger continents. Um, and so Panama is an interesting place because a lot of the people there look like me. Right. But when they open their mouths, English is not what comes out. And, and so I don't want to derail you, but I think there's a large uh, um, misnomer that they don't look like oh they look like us right and, and I, I was in, i was in the dominican republic and they're calling me brother and i'm like man i don't even i can't even speak spanish so <laughs> right but i didn't mean to interrupt you but that, you're probably, right they probably just think you're denying your heritage right. absolutely which i'm not <laughs> and so i was raised by my mom she was a single mom for a good portion of my childhood um thankfully i have an outstanding stepfather who came into the picture. My mom had four kids and he had two of his own. So we kind of Brady bunched this thing together. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but, but I remember the cool thing about my childhood was in spite of, or maybe because of having um, it just be my mom, me and my older sister for about eight years of my life, mm -hmm. I was so enthralled by the idea of powerful women. My mom has always worked hard and worked well and maintained our home. Don't get me wrong. She had a support network. She had family. There were times when, you know, my aunts and uncles would be like, you know, I don't know why y'all are in Florida. Y'all should be up here with us or wherever they were, you know, but, but my mom held her, held her, held her ground. She, she wanted us to be where we were Love and it. she, loved on us so strongly and I can't really I, I know there were lean times but it wasn't something that was made that I was really aware of as a kid mm -hmm. like maybe in hindsight like oh yeah she did make a dollar stretch oh yeah she did you know there, there were lots of things that she did to make sure we had and I didn't but at the time as a kid I had a fantastic childhood mm -hmm. I, you couldn't have told me I was missing anything Right. I, I loved that it was me, my mom, my sister. We were rocking. Like, mm -hmm. I have vivid memories of being like, this is wonderful. Like, mm -hmm. I love this. 
it got a little funky once we added other folks in there. I think for me, I was like, man, oh, the good old days when it was just us three. But I recognized the need my mom had to have a partner and a life, a life mate um, wow. that would love and support her children as well as her. Um, and so we 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 had a I had a great example of what motherhood looked like. I had a great example in my aunts. I had a great example in my grandmothers. Um, and so for me, it wasn't really going to be, I don't think I consciously thought about having kids mm -hmm. until I was in a partnership to have kids <laughs> because I had such a large family. I just remember being like, there's always some little kid around. There's always something. And I was like, that seems like a lot. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I want to do that. That's a lot of, you know, care. My, my sister was a huge family. She still is a huge family person. She she went on to have five kids, you know, like, and I'm bless like, her heart. Bless you. right, right. Bless her heart. My, my exact reaction. So when I envisioned my life and myself as a young person, I was like, I might have two. Mm hmm. And I was like, and I want to have boys because, you know, boys, they are easier than girls, at least in my head, because I grew up in a household full of girls with with the two between my mom and my stepdad. There are five girls and one boy. And so <laughs> lots of lots of feminine energy. Yes. yes. In our home. And so for me, I was like, I don't think I would be blessed enough to get a really mellow girl like myself. <laughs> I think that would be mellow. I was like, my mom is loud, wonderful, just energetic woman. And I embody some of that. Yeah, like, right, right. like what you see for me is probably just, just a, a very tiny pinch of all that my mother is. Love and it. so I was like, huh, I don't know if I could do Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. know if I could navigate that. Um, but I, I had the fortune, well, honestly, it's not even fortune, it's literally God, said, here's the man I have for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, when I met my husband, I thought he was absolutely crazy. This man said he wanted 17 kids. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> right. Let's sit, swallow that down for a moment. That 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 says why he loves a Wu-Tang. They just had a lot of people up in there. Right. I was like, he wanted to be like ODB. Like we're not, yeah, for sure. we're not, we're not having, that's not a thing. Um, sir, I'm sorry. You must be confused. I think you accidentally added some additional um, right. children into that. No, I just, right. <laughs> wow. are being like, he's kidding. Mm -hmm. He was serious. Um, thank goodness that God knows what he does better than we do because we had three. That was go. the compromise. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, from 17 to three. I, I mean, um, but they're each individual child is so different and so wonderful on their own. But being a mom to me is such a such a cool experience. Like when they were really little, I loved that I got to spend my days with them. I was blessed enough to be able to stay home with my kids for the first portion of their lives. And so being literally there day in day out caring for these young human beings shaping these minds and seeing how brilliant and funny and just weird <laughs> they all could be <laughs> it, was, it was such an it is such an honor every single day of my life all of them have crazy ridiculous senses of humor um just stellar kids like i can't i mean the biggest complaint i have is that they can be a little messy Sometimes mm. that might mm. be on me a little bit. I was a little over uh, overactive in the things that I did for them. So mm -hmm. now I'm trying, trying to undo that before they right. get out in the world on their own and can't right. clean themselves. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> what 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 I heard in there? You used the word honor. It was an honor to be their mom. That that is that hits my heart. I that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, because think of it like. God blessed me to steward these young minds mm -hmm. in this world. And as crazy as our world is, as scary and as sad as it can be at times, they are little balls of joy that he right. gave me and said, here, I trust you to do something with them. And I'm like, right. okay. you know, that first one is always the one where they, they, they say the first one's the one you always do the, do the worst mm -hmm. with. I don't know. I don't know that we did the worst with our oldest. I feel like he is so much of 
a young man now. He'll be 16 at the end of August. And he is such a just intelligent, caring person. Like, I feel like I, I'm like success. Yes. If, if all I can do is put caring human beings out in the world, I don't care if you don't ever clean a dish in your life. <laughs> you know? that. Like I'll take, I'll take that. Right. Take a person who treats others with love and affection. Mm. He, my kids just spent a month without me. That's the longest time I've ever been away from my children and my husband mm. since the inception of our family. Mm-hmm. And aside from a, Oh, mom, I miss you. I didn't get, uh, when are you coming home? Or why, you know, it, because they understood the importance of what I was doing, of the time I was spending. They, they sat on FaceTime with me and, and talked to their grandfather, their great grandfather, my mm-hmm. grandfather, you know, and you know how short the attention spans of our children really are yeah. nowadays. Yeah, yes. Yeah. In our quick, quick society where everything's at the push of a button, mm-hmm. and they sat and they listened and they talked with their great grandfather without me asking. I was just right. like, oh, you know, Papa's there. They, you know, say hi. And they would sit and talk with us. And for me, it just was like I said, I was so proud and just, again, honored that these are the humans I helped create. You you did it. You did it. So congratulations. They they sound wonderful. Um, I mean, I, I'm still the word honor. Just that not too often do I hear parents say they're honored. Um, you know, me too. I'm 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 humbled and grateful that someone even would even think of me as a father. Like someone thought like, oh, this dude can be a dad. So <laughs> I, I, I definitely understand. I am um, <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, you know, and then to wrap up, uh, we talked a lot about, you know, uh, the things you've did your experiences, your journey. Um, the the intersectionality of it all is that you're a black woman. Yeah. You know, um, I've never been a black woman. I can't speak on that experience and that's why I'm doing this. So uh, doctor, the floor is yours to talk about just being a black woman. I think the thing about being a black woman that to me was most impactful was when I stopped expecting to fit boxes that were never made for me to fit into. Um, Specifically about looks and um, just beauty standards, things like that. I've always been short, curvy. (laughs) I've always been beautifully melanated, as I mentioned before. Nice, dark, chocolate skin, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which wasn't always in style, you know, Um, even within our own community. And so, But I've always had, like I said, my mom and my family behind me. I was talking to one of my cousins the other day. He is also similarly complected. He's one of my big cousins, but we were raised like siblings. Mm -hmm. So so I call him brother, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And he is one of the first people in my life that I remember telling me I was beautiful. Wow. And we're, you know, he's in, he's, he's a little older than me. We're later later in our years and I just had a moment one day where I just said you know I don't know if I ever told you this or I don't know if I ever said thank you but you know you're one of the reasons why I'm the confident person I am now I said you're one of the first people in my he was he used to call me his beautiful black china doll Mm -hmm. he was you know my eyes it's a whole thing but anyway he (laughs) he just would talk about how beautiful I was and and tell me, you know, I don't care what anybody else says, you know, because in my family, we we range in complexions. Same here. I have very, very, very light skinned family members. I have very, very dark skinned family members. I have pe- I have family members with extremely straight hair. I have family members with really curly hair um, and everything in between. And so I just remember always wanting to look a little bit lighter because my mom had more of a cinnamon tone to her. My sister was what would be considered red bone, you know? And so for me, I was like, you know, I, I'm all right. But but if I was that color, mm-hmm. and I remember, I don't know if I said something like that. I don't remember what led him to be like, no, no, mm-mm. Your, be- like, your skin is chocolate, your skin is beautiful. And, and I remember being like, oh, okay. I, so me just as I am can be beautiful too. Absolutely. And I was probably, I don't know, 
maybe 10, 12, right before you really start settling into that, like, worry about who's going to like you oh, and you know, yeah. all of those things. And I just remember yeah. being like, okay, and it, I was always shy up until right, right before middle, right before high school started, I was really, really shy. And so I never even considered that a guy would like me mm-hmm. or that, you know, because again, I didn't fit the like rail thin, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, skinny, cute, light skinned girl, or e- even, and, and I remember being like, eh, well, you know, I'm funny. I'm cool. Like guys hang out with me because guys like to talk to me. Mm-hmm. And it never dawned on me that that's not always true. <laughs> that wasn't right, right, true because right. you, know, you don't know what you don't know. Absolutely. Getting to a point in my life where I looked back and went, man, I wish that I had known how beautiful I was the entire time mm. because I wouldn't have felt this need to constantly want to try to look a certain way or I wasn't big on I didn't do like anything crazy to diet or anything like that but I did have a complex about being bigger in my mind because again the people around me really petite really tiny and I was very curvy Mm -hmm. but I was a size six which for for people out there now they're like girl you you were tiny and Mm -hmm. I thought I was huge Mm-hmm. People around me were like size two, size three, <laughs> or size four, you know. So, but being able to reflect on that now and recognize, even if I was, it, it doesn't matter what size I am, you know, it, it doesn't matter the size you are. Your beauty is not just the physical of who you are, it's everything combined, right? Your physicality, your mentality, all of that impacts how beautiful you are. And so, I recognize that about myself and I'm so glad I know it now and I'm trying to instill that into those coming behind me, especially my daughter, because I know that things are shifting. I love that things are shifting. I know the Barbie movie's coming out. People are talking about that, but it's like even Barbies are now like they have fuller figured Barbies. They have Barbies who are in wheelchairs and there's so many things about our society that are definitely shifting in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not oblivious to the things that are going the wrong way. Right, 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 right. One thing to being able to see yourself in multiple places around you, not just your immediate family, but in the store window, in the magazine, to see someone that's shaped like you, that looks like you in some way, because we look for ourselves in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. It's a natural human thing to just want to see yourself and I love that you've got to that you called me a a mirror earlier because I'm so proud of that piece of things I want to be a reflection I want to be the person that somebody can go you know what Dr. Jules it she she embodies who I hope to be one day and I didn't have a whole lot of that along the way I really got the pleasure of I had maybe two faculty of color when Mm -hmm. I was in my masters and PhD combined, you know, I that I can remember interacting with, just two. Mm. That's a lot of years of school to not see anybody that looks like you. Right. I mean, a lot. And yeah. so when 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 the earworm took hold and I really prayed and thought about it, I, I made it a point to be a representation. And I wanted to do it in a way that was like, I don't have to have all the money. I don't have to have all the know-how, but I have to just be diligent and be present in the things that I know are for me and and do my best there so I can be an example for whoever comes behind me. So Black womanhood is doing all the things in spite of people telling you you can't, in spite of no one else having done it before you in some Mm. cases. Wow. Wow. And, and making the decision to do it and just getting it done. That is so well said. Um, Dr. Jules, <laughs> you, you, you are a beautiful woman uh, inside and out, uh, highly intelligent, very capable, worthy, loving, caring, phenomenal, energetic, maybe a little bit shy. Maybe you're coming out of your cocoon now. Um, <laughs> I was like, I think I blew past the cocoon years ago now, but okay. 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 Uh, doctor, I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your journey. Um, I, I, I love hearing that, you know, you talk about your family and how honored you are and, and your, and, and just, you know, 
just being you in your presence and 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 blossoming into uh the, the the wonderful doctor you are now so thank you very much for joining me today thank you for having me it was my pleasure absolutely um ladies and gentlemen that was the wonderful and is still the wonderful dr jules lytle um shout out wu-tang clan that's a whole different conversation people you don't you don't know about uh <laughs> but uh it, it is worth mentioning um ladies and gentlemen this is the show and again dr jules is one of the reasons many reasons why i'm doing this summer series black women 2023 we have so many powerful intelligent beautiful strong capable worthy excellent black women doing wonderful things in our everyday presence and we need to acknowledge them um i, I this is not my soapbox to say you know what i just wanted to make sure that there's an avenue um, and then that my legacy shows that now I wasn't just talking about celebrating black women. I was actually putting some action into it to highlight and put, 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 put some energy behind the black women that are in my circle because each and every one of the women that come on and spoke and the ones that are coming on, uh, next to speak have played an important part of my life somehow big, small or whatever their presence that president, Dr. Jules told me you don't have to uh, have credentials to be call yourself an educator. So, sir. right, <laughs> sir. So, so uh, again, I'm I'm always learning uh, uh, from 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 women, beautiful black women, and in, in their intelligence and their power, and their tenacity and their commitment. So that's our show today. Um, it, ladies and gentlemen, share it, please share it. You know what I'm saying? There's going to be a young woman out there whether they're black, whether they're Latina, whether they're Asian, Samoan, Hindu, white, or what have you, there's a young lady out there needing some direction. And I think what we kind of overlook, well, yeah, you know, they, she got parents. Okay. You know, as a parent, as a, as a, as a, as a teenager, or as a young person, sometimes parents, they just go in and out. The words go in and out and they don't, they don't really resonate. And you could tell your beautiful daughter, she's beautiful. But then like Dr. Uh, Jewel said, she heard it from her cousin, and it changed. So we don't know, like, this could be shared with someone and boom, that light goes on. And now we done set that fire. Now that young lady's off, ready to ready to take her place uh, amongst a, a, amongst a, a senior uh, young lady. So ladies and gentlemen, that's the show. We're going to close out. And you know how I do. Uh, make sure you have a conversation with someone that doesn't look or sound like you. And you might learn something if you shut up and be quiet. Beautiful black people, you know I love you. Shout out, Bert.